First of all, One Piece was good from day one. A1 since day one. Try that again. One Piece is the greatest anime that's ever been made, and I stand that. That's a sleepless thing. Not just me. I'm allowed to do that because they're not here to yeah, dispute you speak me. For them. Yeah. <laughs> Punk House, uh, episode two, uh, Ward from Bleeding Tree and Narrow and yes. the Kooks. The Kooks isn't a thing, really, though. Well, I guess that logo be. I made was for nothing. It was supposed to be. It's okay. And L from Sleepless. Uh, I don't know what else you're from. That's it. Okay. Oh, I'm in an uh, up-and-coming indie pop act called Community Tell. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Mostly Sleepless. So since you're from Sleepless, uh, I'd like to ask you about... Oh, I'm Tyler from Guilt. Uh, I'd like to ask you about everything that's not at Sleepless. Um, because you were in a high school... High school, right? Yeah, it was a uh, high school band, band. called Quasimojo. Yeah. And you played, like, bar rock in Jacksonville, right? It was, like, stoner punk rock, so, like, yes. I mean, but, like, were you... I, I remember you telling me about, like, Battle of the Bands type stuff, but also about... Uh, like playing bar gigs for cover like yeah we would um we would play like regular shows and back then um it was a lot more normal for bands to play like 45 minute sets like every single show and is this originals yeah mostly like we would do we would do like the normal like people still keep the same format where it's like all originals except for like you'll do one cover usually but that's what we did we would usually do like Almost all originals and then one cover. What mm-hmm. year was this? Like, like your years? Like what? Uh, we were active. I think like it was two thousand. I want to say it was two thousand seven to okay. two thousand like twelve or thirteen. Okay, so like twenty ten. They're actually well, they're still active. Like right. They I think took a little hiatus and now they're based in Tampa and they're playing, um, really insane like stoner mathy shit. It's really good though. So when you're saying it was normal to be playing longer sets, is it normal for that scene? Like, Ward, you book more bands Mm -hmm. that are more like, uh, I was thinking of how to say this earlier, uh, palatable music, whereas (laughs) I feel like I book music that is just straight fiber. It is not digestible at all, and it just runs right through you. You You book maybe more just like punk noise i don't know how you want to describe yeah, yeah, it yeah. whereas yeah i book a little bit of everything uh so how how normal is 45 minute sets nowadays in that genre uh, i i think it's pretty normal especially okay. if you're not like the opening act okay um, yeah and coming up i mean i when i started getting in this music scene it was 2001 2002 okay. that was really normal yeah yeah like everyone it didn't matter the genre a set was normally 30 to 45 minutes and then it just See, i've heard stories from like the 80s where it's like yeah punk bands would play like a 10 minute set and that was their whole discography twice right but okay so you were you're in quasimojo mm-hmm. and you're you're in this in-between zone of like you're playing originals but you're also playing like longer shows at bars and you, are you would do like a lot of people do it now as like one or two people where they like gig and they'll go do like covers at like a bar for like right. four hours and we did that but like it was funny because we would do that and just basically play four of like our normal venue sets where we play our music and then play a one cover per forty five minute set and we'd do four of those a night. And you'd get like what like like a couple hundred dollars? Yeah, we get like two, three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um 
I don't know how we were able to do that. To be honest, like I don't, I didn't book. I was, I didn't pay attention to anything. You weren't just, a booker. You weren't. You were not yeah. the the face of the band. Who's I just booking. hung out and played drums. Okay. Yeah. So which I miss sometimes. Going from that, I know you took a slight break from music, and then you came back doing Sleepless as an acoustic piece. That that was your next thing, right? Well, actually, um, I started a ska band called Half Step. Of course, you did. And <laughs> we, it was just like. And it's like a discussion I think I've had with a lot of people. It's like it's hard to get people. It's hard to get like once you're out of high school, it's hard to get people to like consistently be able to practice and play shows. And like when you're in a ska band, you're not just working with three or four people. You're working with like five to seven people. Right, right, like, right, right. And yeah. so that's what it was. So I think we played one show. It went not very great. I think actually it was at Sarbez. And um, we didn't really do that good. Um, it was before I really knew what I was doing on guitar or vocals. And um yeah, it was just it was rough. And then from there, uh I started I think I did take like another break from music. Um the two breaks that I took were like just two major monogamous relationships that I had in my life. And both those relationships ended up requiring me to pay more attention to them than like my No, that's passions. a sensible thing. That's like that's mm-hmm. the story of musicians. Right. And then, like, the relationship ends and they come out with a record because they're all feelsy. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, skipping through, like, some of the smaller, like, other bands you were in. That, I don't mean smaller, like... Golden Deanna. Not as good. Yeah, Golden, Golden Deanna. The, the band we were in for two shows. That was a good band. But, uh... It was a good band. I forgot all about it. It was so yeah, short. Yeah. Um, so, I, I remember booking you as a solo act when Sleepless started. And, but but the the sound of it was a lot different. Yeah. Well, when it was before, it was Sleepless Nights with a K. Right. And then I got really tired about telling people that there was a K in it. That yeah. Um, <laughs> sounds like a pain. And then also the music just changed. Like when like it when was I a lot first, more singer songwriter. Yeah. Because I like that was back when um, I was really like because I was in those relationships, I wasn't like listening to like newer music. And I wasn't staying as contemporary with, like, my taste in music and stuff yeah, like it, that. Yeah, because it, it takes a, a portion of your life to, like, focus on listening to new music. It really and, does. And keeping current with that stuff. So it I really was – when I was in Sleepless Nights, a lot of the writing was more influenced by, like, songwriters like Thomas Kanolke from Street Manifesto or, like, Bob Dylan. Like, really wordsy, seven chords, like, just sure. unnecessary amounts of stuff is happening. And I – so what changed that? Um, I honestly it was like playing at the Bug House and like hearing Rip the bands there. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, hearing the bands there and like seeing what people like were talking about like music wise that they were listening to, I started to check out like like I wasn't even aware that there was a new wave of emo. Okay, like, so that's still so currently happening. Like basically like participating in the scene. Like re-entering into like, because uh, for anyone who is listening to this and does not know, the Bug House was a house venue in Jacksonville that uh, just got shut down, unfortunately. Um, so th- that's that's a totally different kind of music you're going to be hearing than you're going to be hearing at like the bars you would have been mm-hmm. playing at before. Yeah, that, that's people Pretty trying much. out some weirder stuff just because they can. Yeah, because it's a it's a group of friends meeting up. I mean, I think a lot of DIY music, and one of the reasons why I enjoy being a part of, like, the DIY scene is that, like, a lot of it is more focused on, like, self-expression than, like, anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of bands, um, even in Jacksonville, that, like, are bigger bands and, like, are blowing up or whatever because they're playing, like, 
like really safe pop rock indie stuff that's like whatever but then like you listen to bands that play the bug house a lot and then like all those bands they're just more focused on like expressing themselves through their art mm-hmm, and it shows sure. and not that those other bands don't do that but they are choosing to do it a different way that's a bit more like i don't want to say like safe like in an insulting way just like it's a bit more of like they're they don't they care more about like being listenable and like stuff yeah like that. that's right. definitely more thing. accessible that kind of play in more to the crowd probably yeah i yeah. i kind of wanted to get into that mm-hmm. because i think sleepless is still on the the pop end of rock like you're definitely catchy and i think that's the thing i think you, you got these like song structures that are very intentionally catchy where like by the end of your song people are going to know the chorus yeah like we've talked about that before yeah i think uh like like i said ward you book mm-hmm. more bands in in that genre and i think working in like any sort of pop whatever pop uh folk pop country pop rock it's it's more about being in the tradition of that genre like like you were saying like oh i was writing like these other artists i like and people like hearing that in you but where's the line between that and like you know because you're, you're not a aggressively avant-garde noise band right yeah so you're operating in diy which is like a different universe but you're kind of like this in between of music and that's kind of what i wanted to probe around because basically sleepless is is like the result of like how i grew up um mm-hmm. my dad when i was younger was like really into like different like not like undiscovered like he wasn't like out here like doing i mean he actually did show me panic at the disco before and they were really big which was really interesting but he um like he would have me listening to like the beach boys or like prince or like 80s pop or 70s pop um 90s pop when it was on like he would have me listen to that and then have me listen to acts like depeche mode or like the cure or like okay like that's similar and stuff like like that yeah and so like growing up i had a lot of pop influence because i loved like the beach boys and i loved like prince and stuff like that but um sleepless is a fusion of like me growing up that way and like liking those like song structures like i like it's also like streetlight like everyone when you go to a straight manifesto concert every single person there knows every word of every song right and i have always i've never cared about how big we get or anything like that i just want that to happen Mm -hmm. like in a venue at least like once right and so it's those two things plus then listening to bands like that i'm currently influenced by like retirement party or like mom jeans oh the counterintuitive bands yeah like (laughs) yeah they're they're really good and like i enjoy that like it's not like i think early emo is like a lot of stuff that was masked in metaphors and like it was like super like ooh like almost like theatrical which i like appreciate like i mean my comfort romance is like one of my favorite bands but like I, it hurts me that you called MCR early emo. Yeah. I mean, like, for me. Are we not going to talk about <laughs> Rites of Spring? Or? I mean, I'm not saying that, like, I'm right. I'm just for me. Like. <laughs> As the old guy in the room, yeah. I'm like, yeah, MCR is kind of like when emo was dying yeah. the first round. But, no, like, you're talking but about you're when right. you were growing up. You're yeah. talking yeah. about, like, uh, that was like, my first emo band. Yeah. I right. Remember, Mine like, was Fall Out Boy. Like, mm-hmm. But th- that was, like, theatrical era, like, 2000s, like, pop punk emo kind of thing and i would even say a lot of the earlier bands had some of that in it too but well yeah so basically 
what you're saying is sleepless is what you have grown up on the those tastes that influence you and then what you're influenced by now yeah like contemporary right. artists that like are together like our scene mm-hmm. or whatever um i definitely write more um i mean i still am just writing when i want but right. i also know that like not that i have to keep it like contemporary but like that like i don't want it to be out of place yeah. like for us like i've worked pretty hard on making sure that we have like a sound that's consistent but not not too samey throughout every song like yeah, i want I, um, you to know that it's us yeah i remember hearing uh i don't know i, I was i think i was watching like a like thing on youtube about joyce manor and he was talking about uh like he's like yeah i like wrote these chords and it was this one song and that's how i knew how every joyce manor song was like generally going to sound like at at some point i think like you hit your stride and like i've seen sleepless go through singer songwriter phase early having a band and now you're almost at an ep and then you've got enough material to do like an lp after that right like yeah i've yeah so but so like you've you've kind of like hammered down the path you're gonna be going like to a degree we're um we're like heavily debating whether or not like the EP is coming out January twentieth. Um, it's gonna be on Spotify and everything mm, like probably that. before this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> which is possibly. Yeah. It's called Let's Just Be Friends. Uh, please look it up. Thank you. Um, that's gonna be coming out. But then we were thinking about um, we already have plans to re- at least record a single in March, and maybe have it out in April through Space Camp. So oh cool Space Camp um, yeah. That's true from intervention. It is. Uh, but uh, okay. Oh no. Wait, are they changing their name too? Space Camp? No, no, no Space Camp like is recording a different recording Space Camp. Yeah. Okay, because there's a Space Camp here in town too. There's oh. also a venue name. There's a lot of Space Space Camp. Anyhow, Space is cool. Um, so, can we talk a little bit about the imperatives of recording in your experience in DIY versus like I feel like if you're playing bar gigs your job is to play bar gigs and like yeah. you want to be a ubiquitous household name you want to be like oh it's wednesday tim is playing his covers at the bar yeah whatever this you know and it's like you you want to be playing a lot whereas i think in in my experience with diy you want to be playing infrequently so you have a bigger draw since you're kind of making your money off door sales which means you need to record because people aren't seeing you every week yeah. So you have to have something they can be consistently reminded that you're alive. Once the EP is out, like we've been, so we sleepless. This band has formed in June, mm-hmm. and I like separated from sleepless nights really hard because number one, like I'm the only member that's the same, right. and cool. number, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Two, um, the music is just completely different. Sure. Um, I wrote all of the songs that are on the P- EP like after. It was in between our first show at Bug House and after I met Chan and Alyssa and um, including like a note for Jacoby, which is like on Bandcamp right now. And like, I guess like our our lead like song or whatever. Um, it's the only one right now, right? So yeah. That's yeah. what I, it's, um, I wrote that like 20 minutes before I went to a gig or went to a show at Sarbez to like watch. Get wow, you really actually. do have that strong MCR influence. <laughs> I guess. Um, I love them. Okay, so... Let's, so let's let's run me through that really quick. Thursday isn't even that good. We're not even gonna have this discussion. <laughs> um, run me run me through um, for anyone who wouldn't know Bandcamp. It's it's a free for all sort of file sharing thing where a band yeah. sets up a profile. But mm-hmm. um, I do like I, merch on there and stuff. Yeah, 
it's it's really good i think the the downside of it maybe is that it's not as user-friendly and across the board is like spotify yeah. spotify just has this great interface and then yeah. people are also using like title and apple music mm-hmm. so like war is bullshit <laughs> well i mean it does have the best revenue share i think because it has a smaller artist pool they can do that because they're yeah. way more selective i also yep. just don't like jay-z <laughs> so that's, that's a that's a that's fine reason not yeah i mean that is his company um, yep. yes it is so uh so f- like i guess this was for ward um let's say a, a band asks you to book them right first off a two-part question first off how do you look them up like how important is recorded material do you care if it's on spotify or Bandcamp? and then the second part of it is saying if there's some sort of pop whatever any sort of pop crossover band how do you define a quality pop band is it oh this is too similar to something so i don't like it or oh it's similar to something that's known that means i know it'll sell well like how are you grading pop crossover bands first do i like it Okay. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, yeah. first the universal measuring stick. Yeah, first definitely do I like it. I um, I I hope I pay attention more to the quality of the music, not the quality of what the recording. Okay. You know, if they have a recording, if they if someone does not have a recording, it's and they're from out of town, it makes it very hard to like book them and set up anything with them. Yeah, I, I do like when bands just ask for help and they're like, right. yeah, we sound kind of like The Cure plus like this really obscure beatdown band you've never heard of. And I'm like, that's a it's a broad spectrum. Right. And then I don't know who to put you with if I don't sure. really know what you sound like. And so the show's not going to be good for anyone, yourself included. You know, you're not going right. to get what you need out of it. So, But that's what I, I mainly, do I like it? Do I think it will do well? Because it, the band is better off being told, listen, your sound is it's just not going to work here. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about that you before. Yeah. Which, and I appreciate that. Yeah. To be honest, St. Augustine's starting to get to the point where almost anything. Right. Will, but regardless of that, uh, so those are my main things. Do I like it? Is this something I want to do? Uh, and then how will it work? Who does it need to right. be paired with that's how i look at for the value of something really if you want to call it that and then if you're if the band submits to you do you do you judge differently for a, a band cam versus a spotify i don't care okay. if I, as long as i can hear it um for promotion now i've started noticing videos are very important sure uh sure. for promotion wise but for me choosing right uh sound and is this something that will work or that, and that i want to do yeah. No, I don't care. I personally, I like Bandcamp. Yeah, myself. Well, like in my experience, I feel like bands use more bands use Bandcamp because yep. there is no bar of entry. Right. Whereas if a band has a Spotify, they're taken a little bit more seriously or treated like a little bit bigger of a deal because there yeah. is a bar of entry to Spotify. Right. Which is really just waiting on getting <clears throat> accepted. I mean, they do have a review Pretty process, yeah. but uh. Plus, like, you get to see, like, how many people are actually, like, listening to them. Right, right. and that, that was my next question, yeah. was, was metrics. And because Bandcamp doesn't display metrics, whereas Spotify mm-hmm. will tell you exactly 1,026 people have played this song. You know, right. like, so then I feel like you kind of have to, as a promoter, say, mm-hmm. I want to look at these metrics. Right. I've had a lot of conversations with, like, uh, adult people who are like, oh, you kids, like, these internet metrics don't mean anything. But it's like... 
they they, they do. do. They yeah. they represent something that was still there, which is popularity, but was more intangible mm-hmm. in years past. Yep. So like, how does that affect Sleepless growing from like start to finish like DIY band? We um, the way I I way I right now am like putting together emails and stuff like that is I'll give them our band camp so they can hear us and our Facebook because it has like the most numbers on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And like our band camp, I'm like, we actually recently looked at like how many people have listened to it and stuff like that. And it's probably only the people who have hit up to play shows. I mean, like sure. it's under a thousand. It's still like a decent amount for it being like on band camp, but like it's like mostly, and that's what I want though. Like if I'm sending you mm-hmm. a link with it, I like, want you to check it out. And like, it's cool. Um, I guess it's cool that it's like a song that people like because that is one thing that like people will be like, oh, like I, I've been jamming out to this. I can't wait to play with you guys and stuff like that. And that's been really nice to hear. But like, yeah, I just I mean that's one of the reasons why I can't wait for the EP to be out because like generally when we play, we have a pretty positive reception. Yeah. Like, there's never been a show that Sleepless has played where, like, people have been, um like deadpan and like you know how right. it is yeah, yeah, when yeah. that happens no, at like a show it's I, always i feel I've, so bad i've been to those shows um so so let me feel this to you and this this could be sort of uh, reaching but like sometimes guilt plays very very punky spaces and and we're talking about people who don't really use the internet a lot mm. and they will buy a cd from us and i so i know hypothetically in the universe my songs are getting a lot of plays in somebody's car but there's no internet metric to display this. Is there any sort of push to suggest people to your internet music versus even selling physical merch because you you want those numbers up? Once you we, want them to be accessing it once that we way. do have the the EP on Spotify, it's gonna be like pinned to everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, our Insta, our yeah, Twitter, our Facebook. And would you like, be a, oh, like, Are you gonna be focused? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love band Tinder. Um. It works. Are you going to be pushing physical merch as much? Is physical merch just dying? We're, Does this I mean, matter? Well, like, for I mean, like, band? like for like music specifically, physical merch. Yeah. Well, it, you know, a CD, a like, tape, a uh, vinyl is still cool, trendy, retro, whatever. But we're doing tapes through Mecca. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to get a hundred Mecca 50. records out of St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We're going to get fifty tapes. Richard and Cole. <laughs> um, and we like we want to have something like. We almost look at it, like, honestly, not even as, like, people listening, but, like, um, it was actually a conversation you and I had at one point where it was, like, I w- we want to have merch that's, like, mid-tier. Like, you have, like, the shirts that are, like, 8 to $10, right, and you have, like, right. a baseball tee or a hoodie that's, like, a little bit more, and right. then, like, you want to have things that are, like, below that. Yeah. If people listen to it, like, that's cool. Um, a lot of people collect physical, like, versions of bands' music just to have it. It's like, true. I definitely at. find myself mm-hmm. doing that. So, um, like, yeah, that's for true. us, like, yeah, if you want to listen to it on those mediums, like, that's awesome. Um, honestly, like, I have, um, as I've been working more on writing and booking lately, I've been thinking less and less about, like, our numbers on anything. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's the, the artist's life, though, right? right. Like you go into the cave, and you're like, all that matters is the art. And then you get on the road, and every day is just you counting door money, yeah. trying to calculate gas. Um, trying to do inventory on merch, and then you right. start really caring about those numbers and going, well, what what worked and what didn't? Yeah, uh, like balance. Like, it's like Ward, you brought up uh, YouTube. One mm-hmm. of the things that somebody was discussing with me, um, they were like talking about us sort of being on their label, and they said we will shoot music videos for you, but we want to put it on our YouTube channel because you're saying how how important uh, videos are. 
And so now it's not even about like who makes it or whatever, but it's what channel is getting those views because they're not even, they're like a record label, you know, because that's where the numbers are going to rise. Their, their channel gets the benefit of Mm -hmm. our audience ship. Yep. And I think that's a pretty unique like relationship to have. And it's, it's not even about moving physical units anymore. It's about controlling the clicks. Right. That seems to be where things are going. Okay. Is, I mean, is that where it is in your realm of people you book to? I, I mean, probably more so. For me, it's um, – I look at it from the promotional standpoint of just trying internet promotion. Video grabs people's attention right. more than just a banner or just an event. And so that's what I look at. Okay. Uh, what you're talking about, though, for that type of company, it's huge. And right. Because, you know, if the video is popular, people start clicking on it. Those clicks go up. Then they right. can monetize. They uh, – and I feel like that could work in everyone's uh, benefit because I do think physically owning any kind of merch and that types of things is going away to some degree. Yeah, you're always going to have uh, the uh, the collectors uh, that want a physical copy if it's available, and now it seems CD is the least. Yeah, CDs it, are definitely the yeah. lowest tier, I and it feel comes like. in waves. I mean, yeah. what's your experience at shows, L? Um, I mean, like, I know a lot of people don't even have CD players in their car for the most yeah, part. Yeah, exactly. I do, and it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, or that. I mean, like, and most people honestly just use their phone. Right. Like, in their cars anyways. Right. They have a tape player, so they'll get cassettes, or mm-hmm. they'll just get, like, the little cassette aux thing for, like, their phone. Yeah, right. we had a short run of tapes, and they sold out immediately, but I, yep. I think people, like you guys were saying, are just collecting it. for the Yeah, for the right. art of it. And stuff. I think for tapes, it's the art. Uh, vinyl, I don't know how long it'll be a fad, but if someone... It's still if a, a fad. It still is right for now, now at least. Yeah. And if a band can afford it... Yeah, that's true. It's expensive as hell, but if a band can afford it, right. people will do it. I hardly ever get CDs anymore because right. I use my phone. If I buy a CD, I immediately put it on my computer, put it under my phone. Right. But um, a vinyl, I will listen to in my house, and it's a co- it's a commitment. It's not something that you can control with a remote, really. You know, right. well, unless you got super expensive. Player. I was um I was staying at uh, punk rock Mama Lulu's house, um and well like while Gil was on tour, like it wasn't just me. Obviously, the whole band was there, but uh. She was one of the first people who I've seen playing a punk rock vinyl. Like we woke up and she was playing um I feel like it was like Iron Cheek or it was it was I mean it's just like a punk band mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh weird, you're really going to commit to changing this giant disc over in like 12 minutes. You're you're really going to like do that," which I thought that's wild. I would only really buy vinyl for a band that I know was going to give me a 40-minute record. Right. I get that, but, but I mean that—that's just really cool. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's just me being lazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's like from your perspective, mm-hmm. the play for a young DIY band who's like, like you were saying, El, you want to have price points because you do have people at shows who want to spend some money on you just because they want to support you. So you want to have a couple of physical items. And you also, it's also part of the history of being a punk band, of having like tapes and CDs and merch and patches and all that stuff. But you're also kind of a pop band, which means your sensibilities, you're not going to get scene cred for being like, oh, y'all were so raw. Like you did that thing where you like 
whatever bashed each other in the faces with your guitars like your your strengths are your songwriting and yeah. the enjoyability of your music so like as a promoter how would you suggest they move forward do you think they should focus on like video promotion is that what you're saying is the biggest deal right now for promotion having the video will help for right. sure you mean like a music video or just like a music like a video, video or someone took a, like a concert or something um, like that as long as it if it sounds good yeah then it doesn't matter if it's a music video or not. I've seen a lot of music videos. Because we actually have, like, that's like, that's one of the reasons, that's another reason why, like, not just because the numbers are on our Facebook, but also, like, the, we have a lot of good, like, like, decent quality, like, like, videos of us playing songs. Well, right? I've looked. Like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, oh, thank you. We, um, we just, like, that's, that's for, because for a while we had no other way to show people what we were doing. Right. And, um, it's been working like mm -hmm. that's why I get we get messages from other bands like yeah I was like checking out the videos on your Facebook like you guys like like are like you know excited to play with you and stuff like that and like that's what like, like we find that it works for us we have not had any problem getting shows okay cool and mm -hmm. we're at a point now where like I'm having to like scale back some for um like Chandler and his job and stuff like that Chandler is your drummer mm-hmm the legend um, so I, I was thinking, um, uh, oh yeah, you got the glasses. Um, <laughs> Chandler's glasses. Uh, so <laughs> in the, in the vein of like, uh, video killing the radio star, my band's been talking about music videos. Half of music videos is just footage of a band playing. Yeah. And I think there's like a, like a middle tier where there's kind of like story videos and it clips to a band in a room unrelated to whatever. And then there's the, the sort of other end of the spectrum where it's a full on story and the band is probably not even featured. But I think that the, the first kind of music video where it was just a band playing in a room was so that people could know what you looked like. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. basically been replaced by phone videos at shows because nobody needs to see concert yeah. footage of you turned into a music video. Yeah. But I see a lot of bands doing that because it's the easiest way to make a mu music video because, I know, mean, like yep. the new music video is like Audio Tree or like yep. Little Elephant. It like, really is. Those are like the ways. new music videos. People will take like just the one song so people that's like wanna, most popular those and are cut it out. live and, recordings. Though, yeah, they are. But yeah. like they're also treated as music videos because like you're watching the band play and it's like in a controlled environment. It's not like in like a... Yeah, it's not yeah. like at a venue. It's, it's going like, to have good quality sound. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's going to be well mixed. Like I've used that before. I've That's definitely how I found a lot of bands, yeah. is just scrolling through mm -hmm. specifically Audio Tree, Little Elephant, Tiny Desk Concerts. One of my dreams is to get on Audio Tree so right. bad. I have, for promotion, I have taken from, I think it was Audio Tree. I could be wrong, but I think it was Audio Tree. Found like a 30-second clip that mm -hmm. I thought was kind of eye-catching. And I think it was Von Strantz that did this with a few years ago to that 30 second clip and just and put it online as the facebook event cover oh okay and also it as the like the yeah. promoted event and that's what catches their attention cool and th so that's what i use a lot if there's a good one i try to find something that's just at like 30 seconds and then like in the event and regular promotion i will show the a link to the whole video and push it but what i'm gonna pay for right to be on online as an advertisement for the show is going to be that like 20 30 second just clip of the video and it can be live it can be like an actual like structured music video as long as it sounds good um because otherwise people are going to look at it if they don't think it sounds good they're not going to pay any attention to what it is all right uh speaking of uh videos in an enclosed space uh you're gonna play a song um yeah off the upcoming ep the, yeah 
Do you, do you know which one it is yet? Yeah. Which one is it? Oh, it's my friend Ben says love's not real. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we're going to stop this, and then we're going to clip into that. Hey, I'm Al from Sleepless, and this is my friend Ben says love's not real. Off of Let's Just Be Friends. So let's talk about the song or the record 
or anything else you'd like to sell me? Um, <laughs> we have these really cool shirts coming out. Oh yeah, nice. they have uh, like they're. I'm pink. pretty sure I already have a sleepless shirt and a sleepless pin. That's true. So. We have we have a pink one that has like our name and like a navy blue with like our type font that we're gonna. Stick oh, with. okay, that's actually a really scissors. cool like merch design. Can we talk about that really quick? Ward hasn't seen it. No, I haven't. But so uh, I don't it's think a, it's a pastel pink shirt with like slightly darker blue. Um, like is it already online? It like well like you they can see the a picture of it online. I've yeah. seen it. There's okay, it yeah. looks sick. Um, but it's like got it's two scissors framing the name. It has the... Well, like it came from like. When we first started playing shows, it was hot as balls in Florida. And, like, David's house, you know, he the house. cranked the AC. The house, but, yeah. like, when there's, like, like 30 or whatever people packed into, like, a kitchen and a living room, it gets hot. And so yeah, I just yeah. started wearing crop tops to shows. And that's how I would make them is I would just lay them on the ground and cut them across a certain line that I made. And so I just thought, like, you know, people, like, love crop tops. Like, in Florida, it's hot all the time. Like why yeah. not just like make one for, i love like, that i love that have... it's it's a shirt but you can make it a crop top because like we came out with crop tops but like we were nervous about it because not everybody even people who are like pro body positivity aren't comfortable with yeah. their bodies so it's like people are still kind of on the line about it but like the, the having the option mm-hmm. and having the the clear line that says like you know here is the option for you I thought that was a cool merch idea. There's that, and then Chandler actually is um getting a little like infographic card where like on one side is gonna be our social media and like our our Spotify and everything, and on the other side it's gonna be like things you can do with the bottom half once you cut it off. Oh, that's oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So that you're not just like cutting off a shirt and then like and throwing sure. away the other part. I've definitely just not waste the time. Run into yeah. that where I'm like, what do I do with this? I always just keep it to make patches. I make headbands out of them. There you go. That was All my right. first thought. But um. So let's talk about the record a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's Just Be Friends is the title? hmm Cool. It's, the title stems from, like, when I was, when I got out of my last relationship, like, my last, like, really serious relationship, I, um, I sort of gave up on, like, trying to be monogamous and stuff. It's just not something that works for me. Um, obviously, like, I respect whatever you choose to do. Yeah, Like, yeah. with your romantic life, like, like, that's, you know, but, like, for me, I just was not into, I just can't, I couldn't do it. And... Um, when I was first sort of like beginning to live like the lifestyle of being non-monogamous, I found that let's just be friends. The phrase itself was something that I had to use a bit more often than I would have ever thought I had to, because, you know, like I'm non-monogamous, but obviously I don't like, it's something that's becoming a bit more prevalent, but it's still not something that's like ubiquitous by any means like right. most yeah, people yeah. are still monogamous and so like there would be a lot of people who i would talk to not like a lot like you know i say like, like three or four but like you know um like i would end up having to say that to them because like they would want to be in a monogamous relationship, monogamous relationship with me and i didn't want to hurt them and like i was clear about like how i was and they would be like oh like you know, maybe i could try that and stuff like that but like there were times where just like they it wasn't going to work for them, and I was just like, mm-hmm. let's just... Let's so, I mean, clearly, the title of the song being My Friend Ben Says Love Is Not Real has to have some sort of relationship to that, like... Sort of, yeah. It, it actually... Um, does the does the record explore that, or is it, like, just... The record explores... I mean, like, one thing I say about um, our songs is that, like, anxiety is always the meat, but there's different, <laughs> like, there's different seasonings and garnishes <laughs> that go on top of it. That's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, a, good, uh, that's a good descriptor. I like um, that. Anxiety is like I like 
when I was at um the job before this one, and it was, I was still with my ex, I thought I was having like a heart attack like at my work, and like I was freaking out, and I went to the hospital, and they're like. Not mad about it because it happens actually kind of frequently, but like I was just having a panic attack, like a really major panic attack. And that coupled with the fact that like on my dad's side of the family, we have like hypertension, like is dangerous. Mm-hmm. So like that creates more anxiety about it for me. So I'm just constantly living in a state of just like being anxious about every single thing that's happening around me. So like you take a song like My Friend Ben Says Love's Not Real is about a conversation that I was having with Ben and Aaron about like that specifically like ben saying that and like me being aaron terrified from ds photography yes okay aaron's a fantastic fantastic photographer i'll tell yeah. you what has a pretty solid taste in anime <laughs> that's not really important so um like they were having that conversation we were like at a steak and shake and i um it just made me anxious because like love is like super important to me like and including being in non-monogamous relationships yeah. still being like love feeling loved. and like, like yeah. and having mm-hmm. that is still like an amazing feeling and like for like there are times where i do like kind of get scared that it could be true but i just hope it's not and so that song's sort of about that and it's about okay so it's a it's a hopeful song kind of yeah i mean like part of the so it's partly written about how like i feel about that but also partly written about at that time i was in the beginning of talking to someone who i was like like seeing for a little while and stuff and i was like sort of feeling hopeful but like just still terrified um ember is sort of um a similar like tone but that song is much more about like having like a big crush on someone and also being terrified of that like just not going well and so like not even wanted to start it really almost at all because like you just know it's not going to go well anyway been there um, I a song about that too <clears throat> sounds like a hope like a hope and anxiety like tug of war yeah yeah but then I have a song like, um, like Play No Contest and Soft Tissue are sort of about the same things, um, kind of. I was on Zoloft for like a little while, and that really, really fucked my life up. Like, who I was on Zoloft was not good, and like, I'm, I lost, like, I, because of things that I did, like, I am no longer friends with someone who was my best friend for like seven years because of how I was on Zoloft, and... A Play No Contest is sort of about that. Um, it's about, like, it's about how, like, despite whatever your intentions are, like, it doesn't always work out. And, like, even in the verse, like, I sort of blame it on, like, that. Like, taking, like, pills and stuff to try, like, medicine that was prescripted to try and get better. Right. And then Soft Tissue is sort of where Play No Contest is about, like, um the results soft tissue is about the pressure that I was like under by like family and friends and like people who like my partner at the time to get on medication and like try to get better. And it's also about like, you know, I don't know what it is. Someone told me it's cause I'm a Virgo, but no matter what's going on in my life, I always just feel like no matter how shitty it is, like I have to be there for other people. Okay. And like, and just ignore my problems and try to take care of them as much as possible. And Soft tissue is sort of about me struggling with that. And then um, Note for Jacoby is like a very literal title. And a lot of yeah. people thought that it was like a love song, which is weird because Jacoby's like my child. Like I love him. But like it's uh, about like a suicide note that I was writing that I was going to leave for him that I changed into a song sort of last second. And I guess oh, it worked glad out. Glad you did that. Yeah. yeah. That's... Um. All right. So we got 
a couple minutes left in it because that's that's the rundown of the EP, right? Yeah. Five, five song EP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, heavy as heck. Um, this is a conversation that you and I have had before, where you said you didn't want to just continue making music after a point. You you're very specific. You said I want to make this record that has this impact, this record that has this impact. This is our artsy record, and then we're done. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. run me through. Both of you give me your opinions, I guess. On uh. Hot take. I obviously have to do a hot take. Artists who get less good as their life becomes more stable. Less good. Their records are less well-received or considered less classic because the the topics they're writing about aren't my anxiety, like my drug addiction, like bad relationships. Like when they get stabilized and then they keep making music because it's their career, Mm -hmm. but people don't like their stuff as much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all very like echo chambery too because like you could look at like – a band like even like Joyce Manor is like going through that right now. Sort of people don't like what's it a million dollars to kill me? Or yeah, that's, the, that's the current one. Yeah, and then like Cody, even like people were very like mm, like eh on. But I think like part of it is like people that we hang out with and people that we like go to shows with and stuff don't like those records as much because they're not like they're not relating to those parts of it, but other mm-hmm. people could relate to like their newer stuff. Yeah, I and think that's something that makes as bands get older and get more like pop oriented right. it's it's accessible to a larger crowd and because mm-hmm. of that the people who were in the niche say well this isn't about me anymore so i don't really relate to that and yeah. like like i was saying before like ward books mm-hmm. more like pop centric acts like what's your relationship to that uh well i think it is a very common phrase that's thrown out a lot the whole idea of when people are going through struggles or yeah. they're more this, in, this, the troubled artist yeah the troubled the, artist yeah. you know, the trouble the misery breathes art <laughs> and for whatever reason that does seem to be accurate in a lot of people's like careers uh maybe because i'm the older guy but i always think of the reference of uh everyone lo- loved their um we've talked about so many fucking names tonight i keep slipping up mine <laughs> are we allowed to say that on here it's are we okay. allowed to say it's all right you're, you're all right okay good because i'm gonna say it again <laughs> um all the names are blurring together in the last two hours but aerosmith got mm. sober in the late 80s i believe okay. and a very common phrase for them is oh their music was so good before they all got sober yeah but like in the 90s didn't they drop those like like that song for armageddon they did that's but that's classic it like, is. I don't like Aerosmith, but come on. But that was, that's also to same thing of the people that liked them in the niche, liked them before they blew up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the sellout track type yeah, of thing. Yeah. That's what a lot of people Yeah, because you're too. saying that as somebody who wasn't right. living in the fan era. No, so, that's true. But like, uh, mm-hmm. okay. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a sensible thing. Like, we, we can be honest that, like, people do like material that comes from hardship. Your yep. record definitely being something in that vein. But, like, moving forward... Is there any part of you that's worried about like losing fans if you get your shit together and all of a sudden find happiness and want to keep making music? We Sleepless is I cursed, so I made it okay for you to do it. Good. Okay. <laughs> Sleepless is only gonna make like I think probably three LPs. Okay. And the reason for that is partially um like it's like artistic. I wanna have a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like I obviously want to play music forever, but, like, I don't want to keep, like, 
recording and like i i would almost like i don't know what my plans are for like after the third lp mm-hmm. um so i can't say i just know that like generally three albums is a band's best like lifespan yeah no i get a, a band is an idea and you don't want to just ring that idea totally mm-hmm. out i mean you could always be in another band you could yeah. always take a hiatus come back with something different but right. I, I see what you're saying um cool. for me like um I don't know. As far as like the direction we're going in, even um, it's like my life isn't getting any better. So like, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness for that because we want more material. It's get- <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely. Um, I actually was talking to someone about it last night that like our EP. Um, it's not like I mean when I say aggressive, like we're not an aggressive band, but like for me, like the music that's on it, like soft tissue, like play no contest, like. Um, or even like my friend Ben says, love's not real where the aggression isn't so much in the speed, but in the, like, when we play that live, like I punch my guitar pretty much sure, throughout I've the entire thing. Yeah. Like it's the aggression isn't necessarily going anywhere. It's just that like, I'm, I don't want to keep making songs where I'm just like downstroking all the time on my guitar. And so it just depends. I mean, like, you know, obviously my mental health isn't going anywhere. So like, I'm for sure still writing about like the things I'm going through even. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot. Well, I'm sure we'll like make another one of these before you make it to LP three. So we'll just like check up mm-hmm. periodically, mm-hmm. but uh, that's our time. So thanks for cool. doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited for uh let's just be friends. It's going to be out soon. January, you said January 20th. Yeah. 20th. Dang. And then a big tour. Like a little, I mean, we're doing like 10 dates. Hey, that's a big tour for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, that's Then true. a big tour, new merch, so cool. Cassettes. Yeah. Cassettes, temporary tattoos. Ooh. Ooh. Good idea. I, yeah. Yeah, those are expensive to make, but yeah, those are good. Oh, Anyhow. They're actually, we gotta, we gotta cut it off. Enough capitalism. All right, it's back.